Welcome to this exciting series on Proverbs, the voice of wisdom. The book of Proverbs has been read and treasured by millions of believers for hundreds of years. There is so much wisdom to be found in this amazing book. In this series, Pastor Tim Brooks and Paul Kern will be sharing concepts of wisdom that will equip you to share in this life of victory God has for you. Now, join Pastor Tim Brooks for this message on Proverbs, the voice of wisdom. Well, are you ready to study Proverbs? Did you come expecting God to speak to you? We are studying Proverbs and we are doing it topically. Uh, Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. I, I don't know what more I could say to add any more impact than what Proverbs says. Life and or death or in the power of the tongue. Now, I'm not sure how much more, what more I could say to jar us into the importance of the words that just spew aimlessly out of our mouth, or words that come out of our mouth dependent upon what mood that we happen to be in at the moment. If we're mad, all kinds of idle words come out. If we are happy, words come out. If we're frustrated with somebody, words come out. And, and I want to talk a little bit about the fact that you don't reel those words back in once they're out there. Genesis 1 and 2, man was created in God's image. And, and this has got to impact you. Mankind is the only species on earth. And in this day and time that we're in, telling us that all animals and all man, we're all kin to each other and we're kin to the animals and we're kin to the trees and we're kin. Nobody else has a use of words. There's not anything else on the planet that has a vocabulary. And it's vital that you see that because clearly that's very important. Chapter 1 and chapter 2 of Genesis, what God said, let there be, and there was. God said, let there be, and there was. God said, let there be, and there was. Words have creative ability. The world and everything that we see was created by words, and words create. They have creative ability, and this is not hard to understand. When you come in and you say, hey, woman, get some supper on the table, watch what you create with those words. Here's what I'm telling you. Words will create the life that you live. Words create. Words have creative power. And we're the only thing on the planet that was created in God's image. Therefore, we're the only thing on the planet that creates with words. Words cause love or words cause hate. Words create the atmosphere, the environment. Words create your home life. Words create the life that you live at work. Words create the, the enjoyment or the lack of it on your vacation. I don't know how many people go on vacation and get into a word fight and ruins their whole vacation. All the time, Everywhere you are, you are creating life or death with your words. And we're going to look at a lot of verses. Proverbs says a lot about our words. Proverbs says that 
that our or Proverbs teaches us four things about our words, and that's the way I want to break this down for us to study. First of all, I want to quickly look at the fact that words are a gift from God. Words can be used for good. Words can be used for bad. And then God can help us with our words. I want us to look at verses. Words, first of all, number one, words are an awesome, awesome gift from God. And the ability to talk comes so naturally, we don't remember not being able to talk. So because words come naturally to us, we forget what a miracle it is that we have words. We don't look at that as miraculous. But when you begin to look at every other living being on this planet, and none of them have words, what I want you to see is it really is miraculous. It is supernatural. It is a God thing. It is a God infusion that we have the ability to communicate. And why do we have the ability to communicate? Because God is a communicator. God is a communicator. We're created in his image, unlike any other thing here. So we, we forget what a miracle it is. And, and, and I, because words come so naturally, we underestimate the power of all the words that spew out of your mouth. You're creating the life that you're living by your words. God talked with Adam and Eve in the garden. Satan used words to deceive. God created man to communicate. And we want to talk about that. So lots to look at. Go to Proverbs chapter 4. I've tried to get all of my study. I tried to line up all of these scriptures in in like chapter 4, chapter 10, chapter 12, where we're not flipping back. I want to try to get it where it's as easy to go to as it can. But I want you to flip to these scriptures. We'll start with chapter 4, verse 20. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep in your heart. For they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. How do you get healing for your body? Paying attention to the words of God. Words. Chapter 10, verse 11. Chapter 10, verse 11. The words of the godly are a life-giving fountain. The words of the wicked conceal violent intentions. Chapter 10, verse 20. The words of the godly are like sterling silver. Verse 21, the words of the godly encourage many, but fools are destroyed by their lack of common sense. The words of the godly encourage many. As we're reading these, let's don't just read through this. You have to ask yourself, at each scripture, do you use words that encourages many? See, the words of the godly are like sterling silver. How many want to be godly? We all do. Then are you using words that are an encouragement? I mean, you got to ask yourself that. Ask yourself, am I doing that? Chapter 12, verse 14. Wise words bring many benefits. I tell you what I do. I tell you what I do. I tell them to take that job. I'll tell you what I... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wise words. Do you 
speak wise words or do you speak foolish words throughout your day to your friends, to your family? Are you a source of wise words or are you a source of foolishness? Chapter 12, verse 18. Some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. Do you make cutting remarks or do you use words that bring healing to people? Ask yourself. I'm just telling you, this society is really guilty of cutting words. We're just guilty of it. Do you use cutting words or are your words bringing healing to people around you? Chapter 13, verse 2. Wise words will win you a good meal, but treacherous people have an appetite for violence. Verse 14. The words, or some translations say instruction, of the wise is like a life-giving fountain. The words out of your mouth, are they like a life-giving fountain? Chapter 16, verse 24. Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. Today, did you use kind words? Were your words to your coworkers, to your family, the people around you, were your words, were they kind? Chapter 18, verse 4. Wise words are like deep waters. Wisdom flows from the wise like a bubbling brook. Are your words flowing out of your mouth, are they wise? Verse 20. Wise words satisfy like a good meal. The right words bring satisfaction. You know, you can bless people. You can bless people. Words can bring satisfaction. Well, Proverbs has a lot to say about words. Words are a gift from God. And, and the tongue reveals many things about you. You know what was interesting as I was getting ready for this? I hadn't thought about it, but it's interesting when you go to a doctor and he sticks your t- stick your tongue out. You know that your tongue can reveal a whole lot to a doctor? The tongue can reveal a whole lot about what's on the inside of you, the doctor looking at your tongue. Shouldn't be surprising that Matthew chapter 12, Jesus says, the tongue reveals what's inside. Jesus said, whatever is in your heart determines what you say. You can know what's in somebody's heart by what they say. The second thing about words is that words can be used to do good. Chapter 15. A gentle answer deflects anger. A gentle answer deflects anger. When somebody is angry, and somebody is coming with you, coming to you with anger in their heart, a gentle answer. But see, we get bowed up and we lash out. You know, a gentle, a gentle answer can just calm the situation. Gentle words can calm the situation. Harsh words, those a fire on it. Words can do good. They can produce good in 
people's lives. Chapter 25, verse 12. Chapter 25, verse 12. To one who listens, valid criticism is like a gold earring or gold jewelry. You have to listen to words. Listen, verse 28, verse 23. In the end, people appreciate honest criticism far more than flattery. Make sure your words are honest. Make sure your words are honest and you're not just going around spewing a bunch of idle flattery. Chapter 15, verse 7. Words will bring instruction. Chapter 15, verse 7 says, The lips of the wise give good advice. Words can do good because you can give wise instruction with your words. You know, it's, it's amazing. And, and it, I don't know, it never ceases to amaze me how they want to tell us that we are all related to animals when we're so very different. When we're so very different. But the thing that builds society that mankind does is done through words. If you take away our words, we don't accomplish what we accomplish. No matter how talented a group of horses are, no matter how strong and high-bred a group or a herd of cattle are, they can't do what man can do because they can't communicate. Words are life to us. Words can rescue. Words can cheer people up. Words can bring healing. Chapter 12, verse 25. Worry weighs a person down. An encouraging word cheers a person up. Let me ask you, did you cheer people up today? Or did you tear them down? The words that came out of your mouth, did you cheer people up? You know, a lot of times we think good thoughts, but we don't say them. Well, you look pretty today. I like that outfit. Well, that was not. Boy, you did a good job with that. My goodness, you did good on that. Wow, that was a great supper tonight. Thank you for cooking supper for me. See, words can cheer people and be encouragement. Words do something. Words do. You don't get up from the table and just walk over to the sink. Yep, that was a good meal. Thank you. Boy, that was great. The cooks down at Teen Challenge, do you thank them? Thank you, God. Boy, that was good tonight. I appreciate that. See, words encourage people and cheer people up. Are you doing good with your words? Chapter 14, verse 25. A truthful witness saves lives. See, words can build you up. Words can save lives. Chapter 16, verse 24. Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. Words can be used to do good. Chapter 15, verse 23. Everyone enjoys a fitting reply. It is wonderful to say the right thing at the right time. I won't ask for a show of hands, but how many of you have said the wrong thing at the wrong time? You're well aware of how that works. Everyone enjoys a fitting reply. It is wonderful to say the right thing at the right time. Paul and I today, we're just reliving a situation that I completely blew. 
I, I handled it wrong. I blew it. My words were wrong. I did not handle that situation right. And here's the deal. Words can do good and words can do bad. Are you watching the words out of your mouth? Third thing that words can do is that words can be used to do evil. Words hurt. Words hurt. And I, I, I'm not sure that we realize the impact that our words have. And because we all want to act like we're tough, and we all want to act like those things don't bother us, you say something, and I turn around and walk away like it didn't get me, but that went deep. That went deep. That hurt, and I chewed on that, and I thought on that, and those words rang in my ears for a long, long, long time. You got to be careful because words can be used to do evil. You hurt people with your words. You hurt folk. Chapter 6. Let's read a bunch of these scriptures. Chapter 6. Here's what Proverbs says about our words. Chapter 6, verse 16. There are six things the Lord hates. No, no, no. Seven things he hates. Haughty eyes and a lying tongue. God hates it. God hates a lying tongue. Chapter 12, verse 9, 19. Chapter 12, verse 19. Truthful words stand the test of time, but lies are soon exposed. I'm always in the middle of situations, and I'm not sure who's telling the truth and who isn't. My counsel is, don't worry about it. Truth will come out. Yeah, you, don't, you don't have to worry about it. Lies are exposed and truth comes out. I don't care how cunning you think you are. At, at sooner or later, truth comes out. That's the way it works. Verse 22, chapter 12, verse 22. The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in those who tell the truth. Who wants the Lord to delight in them? All of us. Then stop lying. Tell the truth. Chapter 15. Chapter 15. A gentle answer deflects anger. Chapter 14, verse 5. Chapter 14, verse 5. An honest witness does not lie. A false witness breathes lies. 25. A truthful witness saves lives, but a false witness is a traitor. Chapter 19, verse 5. A false witness will not go unpunished, nor will a liar escape. You're not escaping by those lies. You, you, you think you are, but you're not escaping by lying. Verse 28. A corrupt witness makes a mockery of justice. The mouth of a wicked gulps down evil. Chapter 21, verse 28. A false witness will be cut off, but a credible witness will be allowed to speak. Verse, chapter 24, verse 28. Don't testify against your neighbors without cause. Don't lie about them. Here's what concerns me. I read this some time ago, and, and 
This really concerns me about the day and time we're living in. I read this. When words can't be trusted, a society will fall apart. And I I just, I, I begin to think about that. And I think about all of the nations that don't teach the Ten Commandments. See, it's the instilling of the Ten Commandments that produce an honest society. But you think about how life is lived in societies where lying is okay. Now, we have a lot of people that lie. Uh, we got a lot. I want to ask for a show of hands. But we got a lot of people that tell lies. But you know it's not what you ought to do. We still know it's not what we ought to do. When you get a society that lying is okay with them, very quickly the society will fall apart. How do you do anything except on people's word? Contracts are pretty useless. Well, we'll sign a contract. We've all had contracts that don't hold up. And people sign a contract and break those every day. Promises are in vain. A judicial system depends on people telling the truth, on credible witnesses telling the truth about what they saw. When everybody lies, our judicial system falls apart. When everybody lies, relationships fall apart. The the husband and wife relationship has, has got to, you've got to depend on your wife or your husband telling you the truth. You've got to depend on a, a some level of honesty in our words. And uh, chapter 25, verse 18, this, telling lies about others is as harmful as hitting them with an axe, wounding them with a sword, or shooting them with a sharp arrow. Our words... And the integrity of our words, I'll be there Tuesday at 10 o'clock. Here's what I'll do. I'll do that work for you for $500. And I do that work, and I depend on you paying me the $500 we agreed on. See, our words enable our, the, the life that we live here, our words enable us to work. But when we no longer tell the truth... Not to our husbands, not to our wives, not to our children, not to our neighbors, not to anybody, not to co-workers. When we constantly are lying and we develop a society like that, the way we live life won't work. It will not work. We ought to study Proverbs. My goodness, all of these scriptures, and I I didn't want to spend so much time just looking up scripture, looking up scripture. But we got to see the importance that Proverbs says about our words. Because this society is slipping, we're cutting, we lie, we, we, we say hurtful things, we're, we're not aware of the importance of our words. You know, there was a generation that was taught, son, your word means everything. Son, when you tell a man, when you give somebody your word, you die before you break. See, your word was worth more than your life. How do I know you're telling the truth? Because I said I was. Your word, see, there was a day in time where a man's word meant something. That don't mean anything. And we can't operate like that. I'm telling you, you're going to have to reel your words in. And you're going to have to understand the importance when you say something. 
When you say something, that's what you do. Your words are vital to life. Chapter 17, verse 4. Chapter 17, verse 4. The mark of a liar is they listen to lies. Wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip. Liars pay close attention to slander. Not only do you need to be careful about telling lies, you need to be careful about being around people who lie. You've got to develop an honest life. And if your word does not mean anything, there's not much left of your life. You've got to get your life turned around so that when you say something, people can believe you. People can depend on your word. Another warning that Proverbs gives, and we'll look at a number of these scriptures. Proverbs has a lot to say about being around and listening to and participating in gossip. Gossip is, is talking about other people in a negative way. Running other people down, talking about other people, talking about other people's business, talking about what somebody else said, talking about what somebody else did. A, a gossip, and it talks about, we'll look at a bunch of these scriptures, but, but I want to I just kind of sidetrack here just a minute. Um, and I don't mean at this point to let men off of the hook in any way at all. But men are conquest and goal-oriented. And so men, when men talk, they tend to talk about what we're going to do, where we're going to go, what we're going to accomplish. You bring this, I'll bring that. We'll meet at a certain time. Here's where we'll go. Here's what we'll do. Whether we're planning a deer hunt, whether we're planning a vacation, whether we're building a building, whether we're on the job, men talk about goal-oriented objections in their conversation. Women are much more relationship-oriented in their conversation. Men won't, when you meet a man, the first thing out of your mouth is, oh, how many kids do you have? Men don't ask that. Uh, men don't ask questions about your life. Men will say, what do you do for a living? Men will ask, how many miles a gallon does that truck you out there driving? I'm thinking about getting me a truck like that. How many miles a gallon? Men are going to ask about goal and object-oriented in their conversation. But women are going to talk about personal things. I mean, that's just what makes men and women different. Women, be very careful because you gossip. A whole lot. A whole, whole lot. Because you talk about people. That's what you do. You are relationship-oriented, and so when you get on the phone with one of your friends, y'all are going to talk about somebody else. You've got to watch gossip, ladies. Men, and I'm not saying men don't gossip, but men are not as prone to that because they're not relationship-oriented. Gossip tends to plague a lot of women because they are relationship-oriented, so they get into an instant conversation about somebody else's business. Be very careful, ladies. Don't let yourself get into talking about other people. Chapter 11, verse 13. A gossip goes around telling secrets. You shouldn't have ever told that. 
that wasn't yours to tell. If they wanted to tell that they were going to have a baby or that they were getting married or that they were going on a vacation, or if they wanted to tell that, let them tell that. A gossip goes around telling secrets, but those who are trustworthy can keep confidence. Chapter 16, verse 27. Scoundrels create trouble. Their words are a destructive blaze. A troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. How many great friendships have been destroyed because of gossip? How many great friendships, great friendships, have been destroyed because of gossip? Chapter 18, verse 8. Rumors are dainty morsels that sink deep into one's heart. Chapter 26, verse 20. Fire goes out without wood. You know, when you build a fire, you got to keep throwing wood to it. You don't throw wood to a fire, it'll go out. Fire goes out without wood. And quarrels disappear when gossip stops. Quarrels disappear when gossip stops. This quarrel that you're in with somebody... If you'd stop talking about it, it'd disappear. But we keep fueling the fire with people talking about it. You got to be willing to let things go. Proverbs says we got to think before we speak. Now that would really be good counsel for most people. If you would just think about 1.1 second before, you would have never said that. If you would have just thought one second about that, You would have never said that, but you said it because you didn't think before you speak. Words hurt hurt deep. Words can't be reeled in. Let me tell you, and we talk about this in our marriage seminars a lot, helping husbands and wives in their relationship. You got to know the impact that words have, and because of that, there are words you never say. There are words that you just don't say. You you don't use those words. You you don't say those words. Terry and I are called to be together until death do us part. That doesn't mean we don't get mad at each other, we get frustrated with each other, we get irritated with each other. But in the middle of our irritation, there are words that we don't ever say and we don't ever use. You, You don't hurt somebody's feelings and you don't cut somebody to the core and then you kiss and make up. That word was already said. And that is not only in your marriage, but in the workplace. There, there's just a line that you don't cross. I, I've been so mad at Paul. The only person that's been madder is Paul, been madder than me. But you know, we worked together for 25 years, and they're just words that we don't say to each other, no matter how frustrated that we are, because he and I got to work together. See, in the workplace, you spew all of this stuff out, and you blast somebody, and you hurt somebody, and you condescend to somebody. You tear. Now, you got to show back up and work with them after you've said all of that. Now, you can hug and kiss and make up and cry and ask forgiveness, but you still said that. And so you, you come to a place in maturity where there, 
there is a line of respect that you never cross. And, and there are just words that you never say. Oh, I got to hurry. Chapter 13, verse 3. Chapter 13, verse 3. Those who control their tongue will have a long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. Boy, that'd be a good one to underline. If you want to put one on your refrigerator, put chapter 13, verse 3 up. Chapter 15, verse 28. The heart of a godly thinks carefully before speaking. The mouth of the wicked overflows with evil words. Chapter 18, verse 13. Spouting off before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. Spouting off before you've heard all of the facts is both shameful and foolish. 21. Verse 23, watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut and you will stay out of trouble. I'm telling you, Proverbs is pretty solid. Watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut and you'll stay out of trouble. Chapter 29, verse 20. Chapter 29, verse 20. There is more hope for a fool than for someone who speaks without thinking. You got, you got to think. You got to think before you speak. The major problem, I mean, I'll just throw this out. The major problem in life is some people talk too much. They, they just talk too much. Chapter 10, verse 19. Chapter 10, verse 19. Too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. Too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and just keep your mouth shut. Do you know you can keep your mouth shut for a little while? <laughs> Chapter 11, verse 12. It's foolish to belittle one's neighbor. A sensible person keeps quiet. Chapter 15, verse 2. The tongue of the wise makes knowledge appealing, but the mouth of the fool belches out foolishness. Oh, Terry and I taught our girls to, to notice airtime. And I think that's a lesson a lot of folks didn't ever get growing up. Notice airtime. Y'all been in the car in the last 20 minutes. How much time have you spoke? If you've been in the car 20 minutes and you have been talking 19 and a half of those, you're talking too much. You, in the... When you're in a group setting and a bunch of you people get together and we're playing cards, notice airtime. In the last 10 minutes, have you talked nine and a half of them? You talk too much. And a lot of people have never been told to notice airtime. While we are here at lunch, notice airtime. And let me just say this to you people who are quiet. You need to notice airtime. Contribute to the party or stay home next time. If you're not going to add something here, don't come play cards at our house. Now, if you are taking up all the airtime, you need to zip it up. But if you're not contributing, you need to get involved here. Notice airtime. The fourth thing that Proverbs teaches us, and I've got to finish this up, is God will help us with our mouth. A lot of scriptures we could turn to about guarding our mouth. Lord, keep a watch over the door of my lips. Oh, we'd always remember, 
chapter 18, verse 21. The tongue can bring life or death. And let me end by asking, which do you do with your tongue? Y'all stand. We got to watch our mouth. It's powerful. Words have creative ability. Always, always know. Every word out of your mouth is creating. Are you creating friendship? Are you repelling friendship? Are you creating a positive atmosphere? Are you creating a negative atmosphere? Are you endearing people to you? Are you repelling people from you? You're creating your life with your words. God, today, we see the importance of our words, and we loose the ministry of the Holy Spirit to lead God, help us, teach us, and correct us as we become a source of life-giving encouragement by the words out of our mouth. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope that you enjoyed this message on Proverbs. CMC has so much to offer. We host men's and women's conferences each year, summer camps for all ages, a Christian school K-4 through 12th grade, youth conferences, a college-age internship, and much more. Go to cmchurch.com for more information about all the great things CMC has for you.